ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to today's episode of Uncaped Heroes. Thank you for taking time out of your day to sit back, relax, join us, and meet yet another amazing individual from this beautiful world we live in that uh, spends her time serving and bringing space to those around her. I'm Stacey Johnston, honored to be here with you, and equally as honored to sit alongside my co-host, Cassie Holland. Cass, how are you today? I am freezing, but I'm okay. I'm good. (laughs) Well, here we are welcoming winter here. Our our beautiful guest is welcoming summer at her house, so what a conversation we're going to get to have today. You know, Cass, we talk to you and I over and over. We've asked the same question a minute. Why do you do this? What intrigues you about this? Let me ask you a different question. You're homeschooling your children and working on things and teaching them, as you said, over and over from all sides. So when we get to sit in the comfort of our living room and travel all the way overseas across the other side of the world to Australia, what does that add to your teaching experience for your children? It just puts another, it puts another tool in the box, right? It's, it is information and facts and stories straight from the source, but from one that we might not have had the opportunity to come across, right? So everything that I get to learn and everything that we pick up from our guests is really transferable to homeschool, right? Because there's always a lesson in the things that we talk about. There's always some some cool little fact about where they're from or what they do, and it's something that I didn't know before and that's something that I can share with my kids. you I think for me it just it really adds to my it adds to my faith right it adds to my hope that I have in this world you know you look around and you see all the dark and and all the things they want us to believe are falling apart around us and yet there's this amazing light that shines underneath all of that that's filled with these people that we get to meet that that touch other people that brighten the world, that offer space. And I just think it's the, I feel blessed and humbled every day that this is what we get to do. You know, if I had to do this versus the time clock, this is my job, right? I love it. So thank you for your time and for joining in. And I love to watch it evolve and inspire your children. So let's get this show into the road. We have a beautiful lady joining us today named Suzanne Colburn. She is joining us all the way from the outskirts of Sydney, Australia. And we are honored to have her. So Suzanne, without further ado, welcome, friend. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are, we are so glad. How about you kick us off? Tell us who is Suzanne Colbert, what do you do, why do you do that, and how can we connect with you? First off, I just want to say I love the mentioning of the children. Uh, why do I do what I do? Firstly, I'm a nope coach, so I help women say no without feeling mean. And part of that is for modeling that for my children so when we say yes we truly mean it and we don't say yes out of an obligation or a fear of disappointing others and I built my business online because we move around quite a bit and I made the conscious decision to very much include my children in my business I know a lot of people don't because of um, 
privacy or online or all their thoughts about that, I feel very differently. And the mention of getting to learn from people around the world, um, my kids, especially my son, he loves talking about his fans <laughs> and making, um, when I make a post or share something and he said, he's like, and people comment you know, to him directly, he loves it. And a few times we've managed to meet people in person if they've come through Australia or yeah, basically if they've come through here because we haven't travelled a lot. And it's just such an enriching um, chance for them to experience cultures and people outside of who we have you know, directly around us. So, yeah, I'm a coach. I work from home. I have two children. One is nine, Bethy, Cassini is seven. And the reason, another, the primary reason that I work from home as well is so that I can attend their school events. Now that we've started having events again post-COVID, Australia was very slow to reopen things. But um, it's just so brilliant. And I've always been up front. The other thing I love about really including my children in my business is I'm never embarrassed or to say, like, I need to reschedule because the kids' school have put something on that I want to attend. Um, and because I teach people boundaries and how to say no, I don't feel like I have to make up that, oh, I'm sick or, or something's come up. I just love the fact that I can just be so honest and direct and people are supportive of that. Like, sure, go to the carnival or go to the speech competition or the spelling bee um, rather than, you know, because so many of us live, we work like we don't have children and then we, we mother like we don't work and the whole work-life balance thing is, is exhausting and I'm so fortunate that I've created a life where I don't have that. Mm. You know, I really like that way you said that we work like we don't have children and then have children like we don't have a work life. So mm. very true so many times. Uh, that, that balance between parenting and working gets so confused sometimes. Right? And we let one get into the other. I was very blessed as I was raising my children. I taught dancing. And so I had an opportunity mm. to be with them during the day and go to school and then they could join me in the afternoons at the studio and I, I feel always so blessed to be able to do that and to take them with me and be able to participate. So I love that. So tell me about your program. Do you work generally with women? Do you work with men? Do you work with both? How does your program work? My, my program is purely for women, um, or women identifying folks. And it's online via Facebook and Zoom. And basically it's how do I describe it? As my absolute passion, it, when I started it, so this is the fourth year, coming into the fifth year of my program now, and how I'd been, I'd say, hesitant to say trained or, or online business is, you know, you have modules and you have checklists and, and people have to, you know, work their way through the material. So originally it was pre-recorded and it was, you know, how I'd been taught to, to do things. And what I uncovered discovered along the way is that we already have so many things in our lives and then we put so much pressure on ourselves like this program is going to be the answer like this program is going to be the thing and then as soon as we invariably fall behind and I don't even like that term <laughs> because mm -hmm. things happen then it's just another thing to beat ourselves up about so I've actually like I love how people say unschooled now as in you know traditional classroom teaching and now even homeschooling and unschooling, like what are the children interested in and following that. My program is very much gone like that, as in each cohort is taught live. I don't have any pre-recorded materials. Like there's some bonuses, 
but the actual core content is, is taught live to meet the group where they're at. And this current round, like technically it's about you know, boundaries, how to say no, self-care. And instead of having a format or a, a curriculum around that, like I've got so many concept pieces or tools, it, it's meeting the group where they're at. And for this you know, current cohort, it's a lot about like just being here now and taking the pressure down um, and allowing ourselves permission that it's okay. And because so often, especially as women, we have so many things on our plate and then you know, the, 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 the traditional schooling in us of being the A-plus student or being the gold star and the embarrassment to come to a call or to turn up if you haven't done the work or watch the module. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, just be here now. What's happening for you? Let's coach through that and be witnessed and seen in what you have going on rather than um, achieving, you know, like, um, I'm not going to explain this very well, <laughs> but it's kind of just that presence and that connection and that community, even though it's online, about where, where you're at and what you're going through and being seen in that as opposed to um, achieving things and working through stuff that's adding to an already full plate. That makes perfect sense. You explained it way better than you think you did. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm intrigued by the no script, right, as a, as a homeschool mom. And that's part of the reason I homeschool my kids is because it gives me the opportunity and the ability to hone in on their passions, right, on their strengths and really focus on what they're interested in and where they're headed. And I feel like sometimes, you know, no, no bash on public education, but I feel like sometimes that gets lost, right? Gets lost in the mix and translation, you know, in the grades and the tests and the this and the that. So that's part of the reason that I, that I do what I do. So I appreciate that you do that for other people. Thank you. And I've never really seen it. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say it's got to be, um, a more freeing experience for them to be able to write their own curriculum. Very much so. And I think for some people it is a little bit confronting really because they used to well, tell me what to do. And, and tying it back to school, my younger child has a lot of learning difficulties. And, but he loves traditional school in terms of like he's such an extrovert and, and hanging out with his friends and that. And the school has been wonderful in providing extra support for him. Um, and he has a lot of uh, he has speech therapy and occupational therapy that we take into. It's all, that part of it is all wonderful. But the thing that is the hardest is because he, I, I don't want to sound judgmental or, or whatever, but he really can't read or write and he's in grade one now. And every week they have the spelling test and they have the different levels of words for the different stages of children, which I understand. You want to meet the child where they're at. And he has so much shame, like I have to work through with him because he's like, I'm the only child on the lowest level of words. Like even though they give it a colour, the kids know. And, um, and even those I can't get right. And I was like, I look at him and I'm like, the grit and determination to show up every week to sit through a test where he knows even the simplest words he's going to get wrong and people are going to have things that they say to him sometimes not necessarily mean some children are mean some people or whatever all the teachers who 
are well-meaning but get frustrated with him. Like, that's so much grit that so many adults wouldn't have. Like, I know I couldn't do that week after week. It would, it would chip away. But the, the thing that I sit through with him each time is what I am most proud of is the fact that you try, like the fact that you, you do your best and you give it a go and you don't give up. And he's so hungry to learn, like the, the questions he asks and the things he's interested in. And I've said to him, in all honesty, um, I'm not worried about you. Like he, 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 traditional schooling is not going to mark him particularly well, but that's like in the long term. And now we have so much technology that the fact that he can't read or write so well doesn't matter. Like he can, you can do talk things like Hey Siri or like how much gaps he had, like maybe, but the thing is he's not really a total tech child. My older one is, he doesn't use it that much, but when he needs something, he can be like, Hey Siri, what's the weather going to be today? So he can plan his outfit or um, Hey Siri, if you've got a question about something he's musing on. So that, like all that to say, I think meeting people, whether they're children or adults or whoever, where they're at and fostering their interest and going from there rather than putting that to the side and saying, this is what I'm going to teach you. We have to know our ABCs. We have to know, you know this is about boundaries. Because if that's not useful to you in your day-to-day life, if that particular instance isn't helpful and you're not going to use it, you're just learning it to get a tick in the box. Like I remember through lockdown when we had the homeschool some of the things like I honestly had to relearn and I said to my, my older child, so she's um, gifted and talented and extended, so I have a, a child in each camp and she's asking something which I literally had to Google, I couldn't remember it and she's like, why do we have to learn this, mummy? I'm like, so one day when you're an adult, you have to reteach this to your own kid. Like it wasn't my finest moment. And this cheeky little girl wrote it down, like, because it was all electronic and submitted it. <laughs> the teacher wrote back. She's like, my mum said. <laughs> and then the teacher wrote back, and, and it, was, it was funny. But I was like, yeah, like, why don't we teach them useful things like taxes or cooking or making a budget? Not like, I can't remember, it was like what a, a parallelogram or a rhombus or something is. But I was like, I haven't looked at this since I was at school. <laughs> I always joke that those came in really handy on parallelogram day. Yeah, see, parallelogram season. It was come after tax season. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just fascinating to me. We were talking yesterday to a lady about um, the difference in children, right, the, their, their parents and the things that are going on. I, I told her, I said, you know, at the end of the day, I would rather my child sit with a kid that doesn't have any friends or help the little girl up off the floor or open the door for somebody and be a good, kind human more than I'm concerned about how good they can spell. Yeah. As a mom, my job is to get them into heaven, not Harvard. Oh, I love that. Being a good person will get you way further. (laughs) Well, it's funny. My son is because another thing with the people I work with are overgivers, as in um, give to everybody else and not themselves. Uh, it's often very difficult receivers, and part of the work I do with them is like, how do you not notice we already are receiving? Like we can often sometimes fall into the rut of oh nobody ever does anything for me, you know, kind of almost that victim mindset. I do it too. But if somebody gives you a compliment, like thanks for doing that, or 
I love that dress. Oh, this old thing. Oh, it wasn't much. We downplay it. We don't really receive. And then so we don't notice. And then after a while, if, someone, if you're always trying to give someone something who downplays it, ignores it, dismisses it, it gets to a point where you just stop because what's the point? Like we've all done it where you've bought a gift for someone that you've been really excited about and you've planned it and you've been like, hee, 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 you hand it over. And they are unable to receive that. So they say, oh, you shouldn't have, or they cast it to the side or they dismiss. And we feel gutted like, oh. And then what really it's, and then we can feel unappreciated, not that you give to receive, but this dynamic happens when really at the root of it, that person is unable to receive and, um, and they feel, so all these feelings just pile up. Whereas with my son, he, he literally bounds out of bed. He's like, I wonder what I'm going to get today. Not in a gross, manipulative kind of way, but he literally, he just, he, he's a bright spark and people will randomly give him things. You wouldn't believe it. We went to a florist a few months back and he's looking at the flowers and he knows not to touch and just the wonder in his eyes. And the florist is following him around. It's like, would you like to make a mini posy? And he's like, oh, I'd love to. And I'm there going, I wonder how much is this going to cost me? <laughs> him and her are putting it together and putting it in a little mini vase. And at the end, she's like, here you go. And she just gave it to him. And he was so thankful. And there was another time, I don't know if your supermarkets do it over there, but here they give out these little plastic things, depending how much dollars you've spent and the kids can put them together. And I can't stand them. They end up all over the floor. They're kind of like the free equivalent of Lego, you step on them. And this round, I was like, no, we are not getting the plastic things from the supermarket when they offer them at the end. The answer is no. I felt very proud, the notes coach leading with example. And then as we walk out of the supermarket, this lovely um, older lady in front of us just saw him there looking at a pile and she's like, oh, I was going to give this to my grandkids, but here you go, and just unloads like her entire lot. <laughs> and he's trying to say, my mum said I can't have them. And she's like, no, no, here you go. It's okay, isn't it, to me? And I'm like, well, I can't say no to you, like, like the lovely little old lady. Sure. <laughs> funny. But he just receives so well, and it's just fabulous. So let me ask you a question in a different direction. Throughout mm-hmm. all of your experiences, the people that you have come in contact with, the... The, the stories that you've heard. Have you developed a a definition for what a hero is to you? And is there someone in your life that you think fits that? Mm. A hero to me is somebody who is unwavering in their truth. So, like, I don't believe that there's a universal truth because there's so many um, tendencies and circumstances that can alter how we see and experience things. So when they're unwavering in their truth, not that they're immobile and not caring about others, but that they can see that people can hold multiple truths simultaneously. So you can be like, look, I absolutely love this and I love, um, and you love that and I love that you love that but that doesn't mean that I have to stop this because I think so many times we, we, go, we go around life trying to like, convince people of our way of thinking and not necessarily seeing that it's okay that we all think differently and we can, you know, I, don't, I hesitate to use the term agree to disagree, but we can just be like, you know, that, that's, that's 
your version of this and the thing that you love and I love that you love that. And the person I most admire for that is, is my husband. We've been together since I was 18 and I have, I call him the jackhammer. I think I got this idea from Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote about it in one of her books. She's like the hummingbird and the jackhammer. So he did his university degree, became an engineer and has been an engineer for ever since, like over 20 years, same career. Like we've moved around places, but that's what he's done. He's dives deep. That's what he loves to do, the end. I'm more of a hummingbird. I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I go to medical school. I'm going to be a teacher. I go and do that. I'm a coach and I flip around. Um, and what I love in that is he doesn't make me wrong for not doing life the way that he does. And I don't make him wrong for doing life, not doing life the way that I do. And I remember him saying to me one day when I was, you know, in, in different passions, and the same with um, hobbies. I used to like scrapbooking, card making, and then, you know, diamond dotting and different things that I do, whereas he's always had gaming, always, all the way through. And there was something I wanted to do. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, let's go do this. And he's like, no. And I'm never offended because, you know, that's his truth. He's like, I love that you do these things. Um, and imagine you want to run a marathon, which I laugh because the only time I'm running, run to, something's chasing me. He's like, it's kind of like you're yeah. running a marathon and um, I'm at the finishing line with the pom-poms going, go you. <laughs> so encouraging that you love to do that, but no, I do not want to run with you. And that's kind of how, how we've lived our lives through the different things that we've done. Um, and even things that we fundamentally disagree on, like sometimes it's like parenting decisions, which you think would be hard and can break up a lot of couples because we're all under the same roof. But finding that middle ground or finding not to divide because like we don't want our children to go, well, I'll ask mum this or I'll ask dad that. So we have this universal front on, on rules and things, but without making either of us wrong for disagreeing about certain elements of it. Mm. I love that. I can. I, I have a great appreciation for that. I would put my husband in the jackhammer category. You know, very strong, very, would never leave a woman stranded. Been with the same job now for 48 years. Wow. Long time. Yeah. And I know so few people in my lifetime that, if, that I can say those things about, right? Just steadfast mm. and pass, pass on that work ethic. And like you, I... I'm going to be the hummingbird, right? I slid around and do this for a minute and then do that for a minute and love all of it, right? But I just kind of, like you, I kind of go from one thing to the next, like, well, today my heart says it wants to be this, you know? So yes, I, and it's I, so hard to yeah. explain because often it's the two camps. Like in my family, I come from a family of jackhammers, and it's, to this day I left medical school, what, 2007, 2006, 15 years ago nearly, um, and my dad's like, so when are you going to go back to be a doctor? And I was like, you don't get it. Like in, in that time I have done so many things. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's just fascinating that, you know, it's the mindset of you go to school, you get a job, you do that job till you retire. And, and even though my husband is a jackhammer, he's changed jobs many times, but we have moved around quite a bit to, um, within the industry, but he's still done the same sort of thing. And, um, yeah, whereas I'm like, yeah, what do I feel like doing today? And it's funny, whenever I'm interviewed on a podcast or I go to a networking thing, I often, and people say, what do you do? I'll be like, I do this right now. <laughs> yeah, today I am. Because <laughs> even my program, it's ideally been the same thing over the last four years, but it's never the same. 
So it's kind of like, yeah, this is how it looks in this iteration. And I love that. It gives me the freedom and flexibility. Um, and some people will see that as following a whim or they'll see that as, um, as ungrounded or unrooted. And I'm like, no, I just think things change. The world change. We change. And when we yeah. refuse to meet that, that's when you know, more difficulties arise. And we end up with the social media life that looks pretty on the outside and then the behind-the-scenes life that we hope nobody finds out about. And it's like, no, I live my life the way I live it. And I was on a call yesterday with somebody, and it was funny. She was ha- It wasn't funny that she was frazzled. She was frazzled. She was running late. She, was, she got on, and she's like, can I just say that I love that I can turn up for you like this? Like anybody else, I would have cancelled or been embarrassed. She goes, but this is what's happened. And I was like, this is great. Like, let's meet this where it is, rather than like the coach or the person you work with is not someone that you want to people please. Like if you get on a call with me and you're like, today I'm cantankerous, great, let's go. <laughs> right. That's what life is. <laughs> right. Some days you just get up and feel a little froggy and the next day you're just about a butterfly, right? Exactly. I so understand and that. I so understand yeah. that spirit. So let me ask you this. In all these things, right, these things you've been, the things you've seen, the things you've learned, the people that you've met, What's a life lesson that you've learned that you think everybody ought to learn and maybe not necessarily the hard way? What can you share with you? Something about honesty, like radical honesty, and that being honest is never meant to offend because sometimes when we... So like the biggest example I can think of, um, I use this analogy a lot, but most people can get it. If you're hosting an event, and we'll go with Tupperware party or you know, some sort of um, home, um, like a candle party or one of those things that you invite your friends and you come over, and right. most people, you say yes because you don't want to be rude. You're like, oh, okay. But the thing is, I can't stand Tupperware. Like, I'm sorry, I'm the person. <laughs> well, I'm not sorry, actually. But if I say to you, sure, I'll come, and then you clean your house and cater, make food, you know, you're ready. And then on the day, invariably, you know, you start getting your RSVPs. Oh, I've got a headache. Oh, one of my kids is sick. Oh, whatever. Um, that is actually much more rude and putting people out than saying, thank you so much, Stacey, for inviting me. I really appreciate it, which I do. That's not a lie. I don't actually like Tupperware. Also true. Love that you love it. I don't like it. Um, but if you have a candle party, I will be there, probably spend big. <laughs> But I think there's something about, because if, if so many people are so worried, if they say that, then it's going to start a fight or it means that you shouldn't like it or whatever. I love that you love it. I don't love it personally. Um, and I, just something about that honesty. The same is too, like, I am a hardcore introvert. I, um, I'm, a, I'm a homebody. And if you invite me to the movies or to dinner or something like that, I might be like, oh, that's great. And then on the day... I don't feel up to it. I, I've just had a big day with the kids or whatever. As in, I don't, I'm not sick. I just don't feel like it. So I say to my friends, I'm having an introvert day. Um, either if it's a one-on-one thing, can we reschedule? Or if it's a group thing, you know, have fun without me. And some people will be like, oh, they think that that's rude. And I'm like, no, what's rude is feigning an illness or saying your car broke down or you're coming up with an excuse to, to be polite when really, like if it was your wedding or something, I would overcome my introvertness. Like if it's something important or like your graduation or whatever, 
But if it's just like, actually, I'm not feeling up for it, because the thing is, it's doing you a disservice. If I really just need to be alone and I'm around people, I'm not the most pleasant to be around. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, I think the radical honesty of, of saying where we're at without making that mean that we feel anything. Like I remember my dad, oh, I absolutely love him, his first time ever, he decided to do one of these fundraisers and shave his head to raise money for cancer because my mum has cancer. And um, he was so excited. He's like, I'm going to make thousands of dollars and, and all this sort of thing. And he, I think the only ones who donated was me and my sisters. And he just couldn't understand. He's like, why aren't people like whatever? I'm like, because everybody's passionate about the thing that they're passionate about. Some people are passionate about you know, um, hunger in, in, in world hunger and, you know, or education in countries or, or whatever it is. And then when we're so passionate about it, we can get our blinkers on and make judgments about other people not sharing our passion. But they're passionate about their own things. And it doesn't mean anything about you as an individual if somebody doesn't want to come to your Tupperware party or donate to your thing. It's that they have their own things too. And when we people please, like I honestly people please my dad there, not that I'm not passionate about it, this either, but like... I, you know, we have our own causes and um, then sometimes people get judgmental like don't you care about this or don't you care about that but I totally do but we only have um, you know, lim- not limited resources but you know, we choose what we invest in and sometimes people saying oh well, you don't care about this and it's like it doesn't open up for a conversation so all that to say like I think if we were more honest and then actually listened and asked questions rather than assuming when it's like, if, because the thing is, you should just be able to say no. Like, do you want to come to this? No, hard stop, the end. Um, and be like, oh, okay, and ask the next person. But if you're like, oh, can I ask you why you said no? Well, actually, I don't like this thing. Oh, okay, fair enough. Not, not trying to convince or fight. <laughs> uh, you know, I love that. I think that's one thing that people, you're exactly right. You know, when something comes up and you decide you don't want to go, we're looking for what's the most viable excuse that I can give them. And every, 90% of the time, it's everything but the truth. The truth of the fact yeah. is I just would just as soon not be there. But we don't come to the table with the truth because we're afraid the truth is offensive, but that lie is not going to be offensive at all. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the thing right. is that most of us are very intuitive and we know. And for me... If I've gone to the trouble of cleaning my house, like that's a big deal. Like it's funny, I shared something on Facebook the other day. I was like, if I invite you over, please take the fact that I don't clean as a sign that I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, but if I've cleaned my house and I've baked some goods, like I've all prepared and it's set up and then the people don't come and you see the crest fall, especially like young children, like my daughter's going to a birthday party today she had a falling out with a little girl whose birthday it is earlier in the week. And she's like, I don't want to go. And I'm like, honey, you will go to that party. In that case, see, this is different. Um, and she's like, but, but why? And I was like, because you have said that you were going. You have RSVP'd, yes. Anyway, it's been a couple of days. They've made up again. You know what kids are like. But, like, I was not at the point where just because you're unhappy, unhappy with them is different than I'm having an introvert day or, or whatever because... Imagine being that poor child and waiting for all your friends to turn up and nobody comes. Like, that breaks my heart. And, and anyway, it's, it's a sleepover party. And I said, look, you don't have to stay the night. You can go for a couple of hours, give her the gift, celebrate the party, and I will come and get you. But, yeah, I didn't have to worry because they're best friends again and, you know, kids. But I just think sometimes we 
have our own stuff going on and there's a difference between I like I am having a moment and am unable to attend or you said something that kind of irritated me so now I'm going to punish you by not coming to your party <laughs> right right two things so, Kathy when you look at your children go, I'm sorry go ahead please no go ahead I was just asking when that concept right there and your children how does that all play in and what are your thoughts Sorry, can you say that again? I missed it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh. I think that, you know, with my, as far as my kids go, I stay on them, right, about staying true to their words. Right? If you're not going to do something, then don't tell somebody that you're going to do it. Mm. Because that is, that's setting up for disappointment for them and an issue that doesn't have to be there. And if you will just be honest from the beginning, you don't have to worry about that, right? You don't have yes. to worry about backtracking or covering up your story or coming up with another excuse. But don't put yourself in a position where somebody is depending on you and you let them down. Yes. You know, so 100%. I, I, I resonate with that, absolutely. So on that subject... If somebody asks you what your most important one line of advice to the world would be, what is it? What would your T-shirt say? <laughs> I love that you guys ask this because I have many T-shirts. I'm actually known as the wacky T-shirt lady. Right now, the one I have on says, respect my boundaries. And it's got a little rabbit on it surrounded by books and a, like a GameCube. And <laughs> but what my T-shirt would say is your best to get better. Because I think for many of us, we, when we learn a new skill or when we uncover something else, we can beat ourselves up. Like if only, if only I'd known this years ago, if only I'd known this when I was younger, if only I'd found this person back then. But perhaps you weren't ready for that back then and you would have not appreciated it or learnt from it in the way you did now. You always do your best and your best gets to get better. That encourages you lifelong learning and learning new things. So that's something I um I think a lot and I say to my kids a lot, like your best gets better. You know, I love that. Your best gets better. I think there's so many people that get to a place where they think, this is all I got. You know, it, it really goes along the lines of a, a saying I heard the other day that said, isn't it great to know that some of the best days of your life haven't even happened yet? Yes. Yeah, so my son says that every day when he wakes up. He's like, today's going to be the best day. And I just look at him and I just love that so much. And so many clients I speak to, they're like, well, I've married, I've had the kids, I've got the house, like what do I have to look forward to? And they feel like they're alone. But so many people feel like that. They're like, you know, I have these things or the things I want to do. And like, oh, I'm too old now, too old to start that. It's like, you're never too old to start. Um, mm. And just because somebody hasn't done it before doesn't mean it can't be done. Absolutely. There's totally room for your idea. But there's totally room. One, one day a guy got tired of his coconut rolling over and he put a, a, a log and right, a piece of board on a thing and he made a table and now there's 10,000 tables. So there's room for your idea. Yeah. Right, the world is out there for you to take a piece of it. I love that. 
Look at the, the there's a pool noodle. Like we live near a pool. It's coming into summer here. It's spring. I took my kids to the pool yesterday, and I was watching them whack each other with pool noodle. To be honest, they're seven and nine. But as I was there, I was like, somebody thought to invent this, like <laughs> a pool noodle. Seriously. <laughs> right, and they're everywhere. And you could do a thousand things with a pool noodle. Right, you could insulate your pops or float in the swimming pool or hit your sister or there are so many different uses for that one. Put them thing. around the trampoline so you don't hit the springs. I've seen a number of people do that on the trampoline to cover up the springs. Absolutely. It's brilliant. Oh, that's a, Use see, that's a great idea. <laughs> there you go. See the things we learn from each other. Well, I know, ladies, that I can keep having this phone conversation all day long. I'm having a great time. I'm so honored that you joined us from Australia and spending your time with us and it is, what, the end of your day? Yes. No, the beginning. Um, very, very early. The beginning, the very, very beginning of your day tomorrow. Yeah, it's right? the future. We're tomorrow. The future's looking yeah, good. Yeah. Like. <laughs> See, everyone has something to look forward to. Look what they're going to learn tomorrow. I love it. I'm, I'm so honored that you were here with us today. We are going to have to find a place to wind down with respect to you and the beginning of your bright new day and to our listeners as well. So I'm going to start by saying thank you so very much for the space that you provide for the truth that you're sharing for your impact on honesty. I really like that. I think that's a and the missing concept in our world right now. Um, I love that space. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today? I would like to leave with a challenge. And my challenge for our audience today is don't let yourself get in a position where in the end somebody's going to get hurt, right? If you can't do something, just tell them that be honest. Make it a point for honesty to be a practice. And start today. Love it. We have some sweet challenges. Telling you, Suzanne, we would be honored if you would take the stage for us. Give us the last 90 seconds and close out our show. How would you like to leave our audience today? It's a quote by Brene Brown that backs onto what both you and Casey have just shared, choose discomfort over resentment because often it is uncomfortable to say no or I'm unavailable for that or not this time or anything like that. We're like, oh, that, that feeling in your gut clenching of they're going to be unhappy or disappointed. But when you say no in that moment and choose the discomfort of having that conversation, it's so much more freeing than the resentment of saying yes. And then as soon as you walk away, you're in your head going, oh, now I have to you know, follow through on this. So discomfort over resentment always. 